0: To another episode of the Who Dat Jedi Podcast. This is episode 157, and with me, I'm Aaron. By the way, and with me as always is Dave and Fredo. How are we doing, guys? Good, good. Oh, how are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, Pelicans got the 14th pick. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> I, okay. So explain <laughs> explain to me. I'm NBA dumb. Apparently, NBA draft dumb. But if this is a lottery, yes. and How? And there are 30 teams in the league. How is yes. it that the Pelicans' chances of getting the number one pick was like 0.5%?
1: Because not every team in the league is in the lottery. It's just the 14 teams that did not make the playoffs. So NBA is a 30-league team. All right. Four, 16 teams make it, 14 don't. All right, so we're and down then, to 14. So if we're 1-14, in
0: 14, I, okay. I not 1-14,
1: though. That's the catch. The catch is the odds are way too more towards the team with the worst records it's like imagine if you had a thousand ping pong balls the top three teams have a bigger share of those ping pong balls than the teams that finished with the better record which the pelicans nearly haven't made the playing game did so you know if if say sam san antonio ended up with the number one pick which had one of the worst records and then something you know they have like 300 ping pong balls that they could pull out uh, out of the hopper the pelicans have 10 so the odds are not in your favor. All right. you know, it's it's the, the idea behind it is to prevent tanking. The idea of, okay, the team's just going to flat out you know, sit all the stars, sit all the starters, just play the scrubs and lose game after game. But it doesn't really happen because particularly now, uh, uh, this year's uh, lottery was heavily weighted because there's this young French kid called Victor Wimbayama that's been like the hottest thing that everybody's trying to get to since Zion. So or so everybody's like everybody kind of knows. Okay, if you're not doing great, you tank because you want to increase your odds of landing the superstar. Because especially in the NBA, more than the NFL or hockey or any other sport, if you have a superstar, you're going places. If you don't, we'll see you back here next year, kids.
0: So it's it's kind of like uh, the argument of getting you know rich people to pay more taxes. Yeah makes sense anyway uh, there's your political stance for the night uh okay so all right well thank you for explaining that to me fredo i and mm-hmm. hopefully maybe anybody listening to this might be more you know are probably smarter now thank you um because i was trying to figure out how that math worked and i didn't so yep I was nba draft dumb. all right well mm-hmm. um so yeah uh what else tonight we're going to be talking about uh star wars visions a little bit uh, we'll also be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy three quite a bit because I finally saw it on Saturday, and so all three of us have seen it. Um, and uh, then we have to ask ourselves why was Heir to the Empire trending on Twitter today? This is Tuesday the sixteenth, uh, by the way. Why was Heir to the Empire trending? Um, and uh, what we think about that. But uh, first, let's uh, let's do some trivia. Get us. Uh, Uh, warmed up for some star wars stuff dave you're gonna be first what planet does anakin visit to find the remaining separatist leaders good lord
2: mustafar
0: all right someday by the way guys we're gonna have to actually play this tree of pursuit game and see how long like see if it how who wins you know and How long the game lasts? Yeah,
1: set a
2: timer just to see how quickly we can three (laughs) weeks later.
0: (laughs) No, it's usually like whoever gets whoever wins the role is probably going to win the game because Because,
2: yeah, they're gonna get every question right. Bing, bing, bing,
0: bing, bing, and then you're you're done. Um, all right. Bredo to you. Who's assigned to create a diversion at theed's main entrance so Padme can enter the palace?
1: Captain Panaka? No, wait. No,
0: no, no. Hmm. Who's assigned to create a diversion at Theed's main entrance so Padme can enter the palace?
1: See, I was trying to think. Uh, at first, I thought it was Captain Panaka, but he's alongside Padme. So now I'm trying to think it's some of the, uh, just the Naboo uh, so, you know, army, the Naboo regulars. It is Captain Panaka. You I I, <laughs> I I I talk myself out of the right answer, which yeah, you should never do,
0: kids. Never never talk yourself out of. it
2: Yeah, right. it was weird. They like reconvened like two seconds after that, and then they were all in the mm-hmm. hangar together, and then yeah,
1: they're they're rappelling up the up the, up the, up the up outside the castle together. And I'm like, yeah. clearly you must have not been in. So yeah, I talked myself out of the answer. All
0: right, to me, another episode one question here. Who confides to Qui Gon? I am betting heavily on Sabulba. Hmm, let me think about that one. I am betting heavily <laughs> on Sabulba. That would you even, be Watto. In a very, if you're not hearing it
1: in that accent. In a very uh-huh. unfortunate <laughs> Yeah. All
0: right. So let's let's just take a little. Do you think that was 1999? Not. Right?
2: right,
0: and by the way, so there, it's int- the the '90s are very interesting because you know I'm watching like Some way to put it, you know, watching watching episodes of Friends. By the way, and there's a lot of transphobic, homophobic jokes, you know, not not derogatory, but jokes made at the expense of you know, mm-hmm. and things that would not fly today, and then we're not talking all that long ago. So, do you think? Episode one would have the accents that they did today. I mean, see, with I mean, with Watto and with the Neimoidians, um Do you think
1: Jar Jar and
0: Jar Jar? Do, do you think that that would that would have
1: flown? Proxy. Part of part of the reason I'm hesitating with this answer is because somebody like George Lucas and a tour like George Lucas was just tunnel vision. I'm making the vision of my movie would probably still want to fit those in thinking, Oh, I'm referencing this or, Oh, this is what I'm calling for or whatever. uh, Instead of realizing uh, what he's doing. But that was white, that was white
0: guys in the nineties. They're in tunnel vision and just, you know, I mean, so.
1: But that's the difference is I think 2023, there's at least somebody of color in the room. There might be somebody with a different gender or of a different identity, whatever, in that room that might've gone, ah, George, FYI, you may want to do something different here. That's not working for X, Y, Z, because you're right. A lot of times it's not really, it's not really meant to do. It's just blinders.
0: And, you know, and I understand, but, you know, like the Nemoidians with this very unfortunate, you know, mockery of an Asian accent, Um, Doug Chang was his, head you know yeah head art art, uh, art, art director for yeah. the don't don't you think you know so so i'm just i i see what you're saying he was
2: he was surrounded by yes men um and i think like w- when when we talk about the prequels being problematic in general i think that's one of the things that you look at is like he didn't have a kurtz um or um
1: maria uh, Kazden, yeah Marcia. or Casden,
2: yeah uh Marsha in the room with him saying no you can't no no we're not doing that um it was the second time around it was more oh yes you're a visionary yes whatever you want george um and i think it comes through in the films um and i think like this is one of the examples of that so so i'm kind of with you I, i'd say It might, unfortunately, still have happened uh, uh, in today's day and age, and it would have been a bigger deal. Um, People would have been like, what the heck? You
0: know, but but J.J. Abrams, his aliens didn't have that. You know, so... You know, Ryan Johnson, same thing. Ryan Ryan Johnson had his aliens go. Yep, there's the Parker. they parked their thing on the beach. I told them no parking there. So you know, the only people we offended were rednecks. But
1: um... but the catch is, both JJ and Ryan were employees of the Disney Corporation, whereas George was an independent filmmaker financing his own movie. So therefore, he could get away with a lot more when it's when you're fronting the bill. And I also want,
0: but you know. George Lucas is married to an African American woman now, so I mean that mm-hmm. it, it it may be if he was making the prequels today, it may be different. Um, I think I think mm-hmm. your your reasoning for why it was in 1999 is sound, but I think you know I I, I don't think any of that would would fly, fly right them, now. No.
2: He mm-hmm. probably would have more voices. Like let's say for for example, Doug told him at one point like I don't know about these accents, George. Uh, and he just sort of discounted that he probably have more voices around him today that yeah. would echo that viewpoint for him and be able to convince him. But anyway, I mean, right. we, it's all speculation, Who Sorry, knows? T- but,
0: I, but I think it's a neat thought experiment because it really does. Yeah. When you sit there, like I said, you watch stuff from the nineties and it does it. Yeah. So it's, it's a while ago, but it's not that long ago. And it's like, wow, we're still, you know, wow. That would
2: not, that would not fly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah it's so much better than it could be though you were just talking about like friends and like you know some stuff from that era it's just so bad and so rough to watch well and And,
0: how how i mean again i was i was a white guy in nebraska but you know now looking it's like friends is the whitest show ever made you know it is just it's nothing but it's nothing but white people I don't think, I mean, it's, I think when they introduced um, Ross's uh, girlfriend, Charlie, the, the paleontologist, I think that's the first time you got a person of color um, in that show. Anyway, this is not a friend's podcast, but um, yeah, so uh, it's interesting. Now we got Lucy in the background here. Lucy. Lucy. Made a, if this was a video, if this was a video podcast, you'd be seeing Lucy, the German shepherd with, uh, with Dave in the background. Lucy. Hashtag Lucy dog. <laughs> so. Anyway, like I said, not a friend's podcast, but like I said, I thought it was just an interesting little thought experiment here. Uh, well, let's get to some some news. Um, well, w- some news, and then uh, one I think that's probably right now firmly in the rumor category. Um, but boy, it was getting some steam. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I'll toss it. So, in
1: let's start. Let's start with uh, let's start with the easiest one, the simplest one, more likely the one that's going to cause the least. A lot of confusion. Uh, f- uh, f- from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi is coming to you a week earlier. I think it's moved up from the September 5th through th- August 29th, So you'll get it a whole week ahead. If you've read those books, you know, we've, you know, we've talked to a few, you know, Brittany Williams is one of the authors in the version they did for Empire. And they're fun books. So here comes the 40th anniversary version of Return of the Jedi. So that's nice.
0: Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, Moving around I along, it's mm-hmm. weird that they move something up. I don't know. Did they say <laughs> as to why, or
1: supply, no, supply
0: chain I, working good for us, or what?
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's because usually, I mean, it's not just a question of just having the hardcover books on bookshelves, not just in the big chain stores, but the independent bookstores. But it's also the digital versions, the ebooks, books or whatever's you know. Everybody, you know, Dave's having this experience right now with uh, the new uh, Legend of Zelda video game. Everybody went and ordered it at the same time, and all of a sudden, everybody's like, "Why did I order the physical copy when I could have just downloaded the e copy?" But you know, that was... you know, whenever you have a massive release, people are always trying to get it ASAP.
0: So uh, when the uh, this as an aside, but um, we're not going to we're not going to get into problematic Harry Potter. But when the last Harry Potter book came out my band had a gig until like, um, midnight. And, uh, so right after that gig, we all went to like Walmart
2: mm-hmm.
0: and each bought our copy of the last, uh, Harry Potter book. <laughs> so that's it was, fun. um, yeah, that was, a uh, that's, and then the next, the next night we had a gig and our guitar player sat there reading the book on, uh, on breaks. <laughs> anyway, um, cool. Uh, well, we're getting into it early, right on.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, and then uh, moving right along. Uh, so let's talk right quick Disney Plus, because earlier in the week or last week we had some bad news. Apparently, there's a rumor which was confirmed by Disney CFO Christine McCarthy that Disney's going to be re- begin removing content from their streaming services. Now she says it's being used to align with strategic changes in their approach to content creation. Now, what's being taken off Disney Plus? no idea it, you know it makes me think back to the days when uh the disney vault was the big deal where you know oh you know for the first time in a generation we're bringing this timeless disney classic and you know but you only going to get it for a limited time on vhs so buy bambi or buy dumbo on vhs right now because once we put it away it's gone well, there's, so uh,
0: there's some other I mean, there's another element to this and it's just let's get nerdy here but i mean all this stuff is stored on servers and all these subscribers are pinging the same servers to get the same content, which, I mean, and so that costs all that. I mean, that's the amount of energy that is used and it costs money. And mm-hmm. so it's, um, you know, so yeah, it's, that's just the way that is, you know, and if they have too much stuff on the server, then does that slow down performance? Does it, you know, break down? do they want to allocate so much money to Disney plus to make sure that it is, you know, running properly or do they just take away content so it works properly? Um, as long as they roll, like you said, with the vault, as long as they just kind of every now and again, roll it back out, like, Hey, Hey kids, you know, uh, Peter Pan is out for, you know, another problematic movie. Uh, Peter Pan is out for another, uh, yes. <laughs> another, you know, for, for the next, uh, you know, four months. So watch it while you can, cause it's going away, you know, then, you know, we talked about this last week, but yeah, I think it all makes sense. And like I said, I think it's probably, they say strategic, and that probably means that we can't spend all the money to maintain these servers that everybody's, you know, pinging all the time. So Anyway.
2: I think they have to be careful um because this this mindset of the vault um I think is very backwards thinking uh and I, well, and we're I was
0: speculating on that one too but anyway yeah. right
2: but like let's say they they they're going to roll stuff out you know and um if it's think about it from the perspective of where we were 30 years ago when they were doing this on the regular uh, versus now um, the people that grew up on lady in the tramp and Pinocchio and Fantasia uh, those people are dying off um, and so like is the demand even going to be there in such a way that that it would almost be counterproductive to limit access to these films when people might be curious about them and now they're not unable to watch well, them
0: I, and I and I totally I see where you're going I, I totally agree with you and I'm gonna take it from a different standpoint I don't think they're going to touch stuff like Fantasia or Pinocchio because let's 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 just I just hit him in the Disney plus app and I just tapped the Disney, uh, tile. Um, tell me which one of these strike your fancy, uh, the big green, the game plan, uh, crater. Um, you know, the, I'm just looking at these live action, this live action stuff. I mean, pirates of the Caribbean is probably going to stick around, you know, uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is if you go through the Disney plus app and you start looking at kind of the, the random stuff that's in there and that's, it's like how many people are really watching, you know, pick something, you know, keep your heavy hitters, you know, keep all the Mickey mouse stuff because the kids are going, when the kids are freaking out in the car, you can put on Disney plus and, you know, Mickey mouse, you know, calms them down, but you know, probably not the big green, whatever that is. You know what I mean? So,
1: at the same time, I do think, I mean, there's kind of like a duality to it that I'm thinking about. You know, I'm thinking right now, Disney put in Disney Plus, Peter Pan and Wendy. So you want Peter Pan to be available for families to go. You want to get excited for this? Go watch Peter Pan, the, the original Disney classic. Again, another problematic movie, this was said. But that idea of you want to watch the new stuff? You got to open up Maybe catch up on the old stuff first. If it proved, it gets to be a lot harder to say why should I care say about Tron Legacy a decade ago, when Tron was at best a cult classic, you know it wasn't necessarily the biggest movie ever. Okay. Now, on the other hand, on the other hand, if you say take that take uh, something like Peter Pan and put it in the vault, whatever. When you want to make another project with that property, let say make Peter Pan and Wendy. Hey kids, we're bringing back Peter Pan. Come watch it before you can't that new things, So there's a way to drive interest to in your new project because that's part of Disney's gig is they're always going to be looking at old properties and saying, how can we refresh them? How can we get more eyeballs into them? How can we get people to buy into that? So there are pluses and minuses on there and everything. I just, I, I do wonder, because particularly, and Dave, Dave's right in this regard, the we, us, all fogies, grew up in a, in a business model that said, you wanted to see a movie you had to either buy it or rent it people today exist in a model that says i want to see a movie i just go on tv fire up my or open up my tablet my ipad i go on the app and i click on it and it's right there and it's usually when something's not there that people begin to freak out because it's like wait a minute why is this not available to me i'm paying you x amount of dollars for it so uh, i, I that,
2: run into that me. i run into that all the time um and uh, like the other day okay so like i have the i have these comic book movie rankings right we talked about this on the show and we may mention that with guardians three here um but uh, spoiler, alert. spoiler alert um but so like i'll i'll be like i need to go watch um you know barbed wire or some old <laughs> comic book movie from you know 30 years ago so like okay uh with, with i'll Pamela google Anderson. it yeah, yeah yeah that's one that's one of the ones Is that another one, one? one yeah um i don't think so
0: um so be careful what you're googling there, Fredo. pam yeah Anderson movie
2: <laughs> yeah you might get something else um but the you know like that's a random example i'm like okay i want to search for this movie i google this silly thing and i'm like Okay, it says it's on this service. Okay. So then I go to the service and it's not there. Or it's, you know, like you gotta pay us twelve dollars for this movie. I'm I'm not paying you twelve dollars to watch barbed wire. I'm just not. Um, and so like it begins to break down eventually this current system that we're under. And again, it becomes worse when you're telling me that I don't need physical media anymore. And now you're taking away potentially the movies that I might have bought for my kids, for myself—the superhero movies, Star Wars movies, Disney stuff. You're saying, "Oh, we're just going to take it away from you, so you can't just watch it whenever you want to watch it." It's like, well, what was his logic in that? It's like, well, what if I feel like watching this thing? Then what? Oh, then you can pay us the, you know, seventeen ninety nine to own it forever. You know, it's like. I don't, now you're double dipping and now i'm angry so i don't know yes. that's my get off my lawn i i took your get off my lawn segment no, this that's week. fine,
0: that fine. Yeah. uh i you know i and i agree with you it is kind of a it's like getting you know you're you're, you're paying a ticket to get in the door and then all the rides cost money and it's mm-hmm. kind of like no i paid you know my ticket price and i should be able to ride everything you know i want and disney's kind of doing that now yeah you can Can you can you can stand you can stand in line for space mountain for two and a half hours if you want to or you can buy the lightning lane you know and they do it, it it is one of those things it's like you know when we went to disney it was like for rise of the resistance like yeah my time is worth that you know 10 bucks or whatever you know it's you know it it is it but so yeah they get you on this
2: a la carte stuff so yeah i don't know um but you know I'm, it's, it's it, annoying and a lot of people are talking about it right now and they're annoyed by this yeah. um, well,
1: particularly given the writers guild of america strike this is a lot one of those things that's, that's a vote of contention for them it's the fact that they don't get paid anywhere near the same amount. And if you're supposed to be paid residuals for a project you worked on, for say Disney Plus, and Disney makes the corporate decision to take that project and shelve it, well, that means that's a residual source of income that's not coming to you anymore.
0: But, you know, because it's no longer available. But, and Dave, so, to, your, to your point, you know, mm-hmm. everything you said made a hundred percent a hundred percent sense so this is kind of devil's advocate kind of getting back to that okay so i have limited server space as a company and it's like um i've got you know everybody in the world you know everybody in the world coming to these sets of movies and there's one person who wants to see barb wire and something's got to go you know what i mean it's you know so it's i don't yeah. I, I don't know how we, it, it is very, very interesting. It's like, does the price of Netflix or the price of Disney plus grant you ownership? Is it a timeshare for everything that Disney owns? You know what I mean? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. the yeah. answer. Or are you just paying for the privilege to come into Disney's home and watching whatever's on their TV? you
2: know well there's also the insidious part business side of it that that Fredo just touched on which is like oh we're going to use this as a negotiating tactic or you know you want your residuals oopsie you know it's not available anymore i guess no residuals for you yeah um you know these are the, these are the sorts of things that are in play and this is what's going on with the HBO Warner Brothers stuff um and a lot of shows got taken down um for just a reason they didn't want to they didn't want to pay people and um it was like that that's why you're taking it down and you don't want to pay people want to watch this your customer wanted it wants it but you're going to take it down because you don't want to pay okay all right that's where we're at
0: you know what i'm going to do right now after we're done recording this i'm going to go on amazon i'm going to buy you the dvd of barbed wire
2: oh god don't do that no don't do that (laughs) let's
1: see hold on hold on Uh... Actually, barbed wire just brings out a whole lot of the fencing, not the, the even cutters. If, even
0: okay. if I could get it on VHS, oh, wow. that would be better.
1: You can get it on Blu-ray for a low, low price of eight ninety-nine. Right See, on. this
2: is what I'm saying. Nine dollars. Uh, 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 by the
1: way, it, by the way, it's actually cheaper to get the Blu-ray. The DVD is 50, uh-huh. you can fifteen watch to twenty-nine. It for the months.
0: rest of your life.
1: Okay. Um, anyway, okay. So we we talked about the stuff that's coming off Disney Plus. Let's talk about stuff that's getting on Disney Plus. Because the Disney upfronts, uh, for those who don't know, upfronts is when you have the people who are running the networks and the streaming services, and they announce their slate of stuff coming because they're trying to get advertisers. And this is
0: like and, uh, in the in the summertime when they would have the Saturday morning cartoon mm-hmm. preview for the fall. Mm-hmm. That was basically the, that oh, was the, that was the best Friday or Saturday night whatever that was <laughs> ever when you got all the previews of all the cartoons that were coming. Oh man. There's, nothing, was. there's so here, nothing better.
1: Sorry, go ahead. So here's, no, no, so here's the Disney Plus' release schedule for this year, for 2023. Starts June 21st. Secret Invasion. It'll run from June 21st through July 26th. Not confirmed yet, but pretty much secure that Ahsoka will follow that August 2nd through September 20th. Remember, getting eight episodes, 60 minutes each. After Ahsoka, we get Loki Season 2. October sixth through November ten. After that, you get Echo, which is going to be a Marvel property. Uh, remember the character of Echo from mm-hmm. uh, Ant Man the
0: Wasp? Uh, yeah, exactly. No, uh, exactly. Hawkeye. And, uh, oh, Hawkeye. 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 Yeah. Hawkeye, that's yeah. Yep. So she's
1: getting a she's getting a single solo shot release, kind of like the uh, uh, Werewolf by Night. Echo's going to be November 29th So she's coming uh, Easter. I mean, sorry, Thanksgiving. I was thinking
0: Ghost, and she's going to be in. Uh... Was it in the, or... Thunderbolts, yeah. so are Thunderbolt. the Thunderbolts, yeah. Ghost is gonna be in the Thunderbolts.
1: The Uh the next one's gonna be Pixar's first uh animated TV show, which is called Win or Lose. It's kind of this ragtag baseball team kind of thing. So should be adorable. That's coming sometime in early December. Not yet confirmed. And then twenty twenty three is gonna end on December 27 with Skeleton Crew. Ooh. So Skeleton So if you're looking for a skeleton crew to see Jude Law, you'll spend Jude, Christmas with Jude Law. In a guys. This far is away.
0: gonna be a good. This is gonna be a good uh, summer and fall, guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, some if, good stuff. Every month you're getting something, which is again it, to your point, there Aaron, uh, we were making earlier. It's kind of hard to say, hey, you can't believe you're taking barbed wire away from me when uh, Disney doesn't know barbed but you know, you can't take this stuff away from me because they're also in the business of generating new content all the time and they know that that's what drives uh, their big revenue stream. People signing up and people staying on. It's easier if you say, well, you know, you enjoy secret invasion. Here comes Ahsoka. You enjoy Ahsoka. Don't go away. Here comes Loki. That's how you keep your audience dropping that 1099, 1299, 1499 every month.
0: All right. Now it's time for the rumor of the day.
1: So the rumor of the day was kind of simple. I mean, there was a tweet that kind of went out today. I'm trying to find several, out who it was that.
0: Yeah, several several people were tweeting this. It was trending on. Twitter. Right. Uh, it was trending. On it was.
1: It was very much trending. So basically, the long and short of it is, is that we know what the title for Dave Filoni's Mandover's, uh movie is going to be, and the title is Da 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 Da, Heir to the Empire.
0: Now yeah. again, kids, this is just rumor. It hasn't been confirmed, right? We haven't.
1: Yeah. We yeah. haven't. Grain of salt. brain of Time. So. Yeah. Go so ahead. Now, d-
0: now I just want. I'm going to ask you guys this. Um, if this is true, is Dave Filoni really that stupid? Because here's the thing: is if there is anything that is like kind of that is cherished within star Wars fandom of our age and probably younger. Um, from, from literature, from books would be Timothy Zahn's heir to the empire, uh, the Thrawn, the Thrawn trilogy. And so if you are not going to do a true adaptation of that storyline, why the heck would you call it heir to the empire they referenced you know they use the words in you know um uh, in the ahsoka trailer right um but why why i'm, I'm really hoping this isn't true because it's just going and, but then there's also part of me that is hoping that it's true because i want to see people pee their pants all over social media over this but it just seems like this is when i i I would highly recommend not calling it heir to the empire, because unless you're going to have an adaptation of that book, the only thing that seems like we've got that's similar is Thrawn.
2: What if, okay. So like, what if I threw just a random question into this? Like, what if, um, what if he throws in Mara Jane?
1: That'll be huge.
2: I mean, just like, you know, like we're going to call it this thing and get people kind of up in arms. Like, do you think you really deserve this title? And then throw in another beloved character that people have been clamoring for for decades now.
0: Well, I I mean, but to my, I I want to go back to my point here is that it's like take take somebody, like a, a very popular novel and then make a movie that's, seems like it's based on that novel and then it's nothing like that novel except for it has well okay so let's take the great gatsby let's pretend that when they did the great gatsby movie you know not too long ago that it was nothing like the book the only thing that it had similar in it is that it had gatsby in it you know what i mean it's uh i just i just think that that would be man i mean mean, it does it does
1: happen because i'm just thinking world war z in the back of my head that movie has nothing to do with the book beyond just being titled the same thing and having zombies in it but you're right i mean it would the difficulty here is it's the title the reason why everybody's freaking out on social media about it is because the title carries weight with multiple generations of star wars it's not just us who I mean, I'm trying to remember. if These books came out in 1991, 1992. They, you know, they came out right at the. They're the birth of the expanded universe. They are. They and the Dark Horse comic books line were like hit like two punches that just birthed the entire legend, what we call now legends. So everything from Coruscant to yeah. Thrawn to a lot of a lot of the a lot of the path that that you know uh J. J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson were mining for the sequel trilogy. It's kind of birthed out of this. So there's a lot of weight to it. And if you're not going to do that storyline, it's going to feel kind of tough to kind of equate it. At the same time, though, you know it's not going to be the exact storyline because there's characters that we know are coming in this movie that do not exist in these books. You know, The Mandalorian and you know everything. Yeah, it's not going to be the same. People, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, EU fans are already ticked off because when lucasfilm was acquired by disney they just scrapped all of the eu stuff and they it's not canon anymore so they're all still mad about that and then it's i i would think it'd be highly disrespectful even though timothy zahn is getting money to write more Thrawn books and stuff like that but i think it'd be highly disrespectful it'd be like going to the eagles and saying you know what you know, man, that title, Hotel California, that's a great title, but your song sucks. So we're going to write our own song and call it Hotel California. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of what it, it seems like. You know, it's like, you know, we know George Lucas didn't like Mara Jade. You know, mm-hmm. we know, you know, there's, there, they, it's got a character in there that I still don't know how to pronounce his dang last name, the clone Jedi. Uh, I mean,
1: Uh George- with with
0: a c and apostrophe right before but yeah so i mean but so unless they're gonna do that you know i mean i don't know i just i just think that i my my gut is saying that i think this stuff that was on twitter today i think this is fun for us to talk about Mm -hmm. but i think it's i think it's if i was a betting man i would probably not put money on it being called heir to the empire because even if even if Dave Filoni would consider it as an homage, I I think it would probably just make their fandom go berserk.
2: I find it somewhat plausible just because um, they're already borrowing Thrawn, and they're already leaning into him as being the selling point. Um, like that's the idea, that's the concept that they're building around, and um, he's been well realized. Uh, on uh, on television to, to this point uh, in animation. Um, but. He has his roots in the same place, and this is where he came from, and I um, I think the I think EU fan we need to get some EU fans back on and and ask them about it because but like do you,
0: remember, do you remember Do you remember do you remember when the sequel trilogy was announced the people uh-huh. saying it is already written for you it is written by Timothy Zahn yeah. it is the Heir to the empire and the that trilogy it is and they're like why didn't you just do that and so now if you make a little you know Disney Plus movie um and call it heir to the empire i i just think it's going to be there i don't think they're going to go oh yay they called it heir to the empire
2: they already did so happy you know they already did it is what is my point they already did exactly what you just described and they've already borrowed thrawn and thrown him into rebels and he's going to be an ahsoka i'm guessing if, if if only a cameo. um and then and then like at that point like why I hold back? Like, oh, is any is anything sacred? No. <laughs> I mean, like, the argument here isn't are you gonna win over uh EU fans? The argument is would they do this? Um and yeah, they might, you know. And like you said, like oh, I EU think fans it, could be pretty pissed. I about think it is plausible. It. I absolutely yeah.
0: think it is plausible. I don't think it is a very good decision if they're going to do that because I think it will, I mean, it will, it will split. I, I think, I think it would be like the, um, I think it would just be the bridge too far. Um,
1: I, I, I think it'll be carrying like just kind of, uh, it'd be carrying a lot of expectations that doesn't need to carry because we're going to be thrown in Ahsoka. So that reveal has kind of already happened. Well, I mean, uh, if you're, and if you're just trying to bring in Mara Jade and Shoru's Sabath or whatever, you know, yeah, the fans will go crazy and they'll they'll enjoy it. And the little lizards that, you know, create force bubbles that negate the force, you know, yeah, you can do that. But I don't necessarily know that that's going to be the same as, oh, we're doing an adaptation of Earth to the Empire. Because it's not, again, it can't be. The, the, the can't, You know, Din Djarin doesn't exist in timothys Son's books. You know uh ahsoka does not exist in timothy sounds books because those characters didn't exist at the point he created a whole new different slate of characters and you know while it would be cool to bring someone like talon card or you know mara jade i, I don't know what we gained there by just simply name checking a random character to appear there without all the emotional weight and heft that would come in now
2: my, my thanks- argument mm-hmm? yeah my argument is if they're a big part of it right if they're a big, big part of it, like somebody like Aid would just like create a well, tidal wave of excitement and joy for because,
1: people. Because the other thing is, you know where that story is going to end. It ends with. Uh, Ben Solo torturing down that temple, and there's no Mar Jade. After so,
0: you guys are already going down the path of the dark side because you're going, yeah, if it's heir to the Empire. But if they've got Marjade Jade, and if they've got these people, and they got these things, you know, it's like that's what people are. It's remember what happened with Solo as well. It's like people weren't paying attention of what was Mm -hmm. coming, and so now you got some people who are like, they're making an heir to the Empire movie, and they go to this movie, and it's ain't heir to the Empire, and suddenly you know the internet goes nuts i'm just saying it is yes Mm -hmm. it is plausible i think it is a would be a bad decision if i was in the room with with the folks that if they were saying let's call it heir to the empire i was like really do you want to do that
2: you know do you really want to do that you might be fully right like like any expectation that it's anything more than just a title you're setting yourself up for disappointment you are um, what I'm saying is, you're you're saying Dave Filoni's an idiot, and I'm saying hey, he's not an idiot. If if this is if this is true, he's not an idiot. If they're going into the actual novels and well, paying proper ho- homage, and you know, so, we're we're
0: uh, and also here's the other part of it, guys. It's not going to be called Air to the Empire because that's not how they name Star Wars Disney Plus shows. It's going to be called Thrawn. <laughs> it's going to be called Thrawn because you have Ahsoka, you have Obi Wan Kenobi, you have the Mandalorian, you have Lando, you have, you know, name it. Andor. Andor. It, it's going to be called Thrawn. They're not going to call it any, it's not going to be three syllables, much less three words. So,
1: well, you do have the book of Boba Fett, so they could call it what? The Art Gallery of Thrawn?
0: The Art Gallery of Thrawn. <laughs> there we go. We solved it. How about Thrawn on the Throne? Heir to the Empire, Thrawn on the Throne. Anyway. Okay. Thrawn well, framed. Well, well, stay tuned here, kids. We'll see what happens. Um, and uh, we'll see, watch the internet burn down when they do announce that it's going to be called that. Uh, but anyway, it was fun to talk about, though. <laughs> uh, exactly. Good. So that's it
1: for news this week. So...
0: All right. Do we want to talk visions first or, or guardians three?
1: Uh, which one would, which one would you rather get overdone with first?
0: Well, let, let's stick with the star Wars stuff and let's just talk visions real quick. Um, mm-hmm. So um, vision season two um, right away. Um, it is each episode is vastly different um, animation styles. Which was interesting, um, and uh, you know, I, I I'd like to hear from you guys first because I, I feel like I'm in it's not a negative headspace, but it's just kind of a meh headspace on on this and just in visions in general. Now um, yeah, maybe I'll just spout out what I have to say. Um, I think it's great storytelling. The, the, I mean, the stories are are neat. They're well done. The art is incredible. Um, but I just don't, I just don't get fired up about it. It's kind of like, like I told you guys in our private chat, I said, it's, it's kind of like the, the EU novels to me. Yes. I was a huge star Wars fan, but I just, it was hot or cold. It was like, sometimes I found a novel that I latched onto others. I started and couldn't finish because I just, you know, it wasn't, wasn't grabbing me. And one of the things I kept asking myself and Brittany and I were having a debate about this. As we were watching an episode, I said, okay, this is a great story. But what is this doing to propel the overall Star Wars story? What is this adding to it? You know, because here are these characters that, yeah, they're they're neat characters. I'm probably never going to see them again. So I don't know what this story what domino it plays in the in, in the, in the grander arc, you know? And, and she said, well, you know, there's characters in the sequel trilogy like Jana that, you know, we didn't get much of. I said, yeah, but still, she had an influence on Finn and, you know, on, you know, and had an influence on, you know, some of that story. So that's kind of what I've, and I don't want to make this an EU, you know, uh, an EU discussion, but that's my whole thing. It's like, the, okay, these are neat, and they're beautiful. you know. And I don't dissuade anybody from watching them. But my question is, why are they there? And I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just yeah. I'm trying to figure out. Because every other thing, whether it's part of the Skywalker even if it's not part of the Skywalker saga, like the Mandalorian stuff is at least tangential to it it touches it you know it touches that overall star wars arc and these you know it's like even you know it's like okay cool lightsabers but that's not a that's not darth vader it kind of looks like darth vader but it's not darth vader okay cool tie fighters so are we in you know i it's it's just weird it was just it's just kind of it's just weird to me
2: adjacent star wars adjacent or multi um.
0: it's like multi it's like the multiverse you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um so i guess that that's where i'm at with it it's kind of like what is it I, I i understand that the people who wrote it have a story to tell and it's a great story but it's a story that did not need to be in with the star wars set pieces
2: So I look at it the same way I look at a lot of the EU material. And um, in particular, I think about the Clone Wars uh, micro series, Um, not necessarily canon, um, not necessarily, you know, real or part of the overarching story, but just a really sort of fun spin. And you talked about the the unreliable narrator uh aspect to um like from a certain point of view those novels and just getting a different take on things not necessarily the correct take just a different one sure um and i think like that's like the most that makes this some of the most important star wars that we have gotten and will continue to get which is that that alternate viewpoint and um and i will say it's,
0: while you took a pause there i will say that this is the first time that star wars has been original in the last couple decades as much as i love the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy they're not original you know so these are I actually mean, original throw, stories
2: i'd throw andor in there. there there's a few things that i'd put in there with this but yeah like as far as like the visual style um and the storytelling perspective of the creative force behind it like absolutely original and it's because you're inviting people to play in this universe who typically don't get to play in this universe um like season 1 was like like strictly japanese studios uh season 2 is like studios from all over the world um i think like if there's a lot to recommend here if I'm gonna be hypercritical about any of it, it'd be that like everybody sort of gravitated towards the force and like they couldn't resist, right? Like, I want my story to be important. This is my one shot. I gotta tell this story. And so like everybody sort of just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go into the dark side versus the the light side and we're gonna get into force things and Jedi and Sith. And it's like not every story has to be that. And so, like, if if I had any sort of disappointment, it would it would be there. But um, so far as like the, this idea of everything needing to connect, I don't think that has to be the case. Um, and I don't, I almost, I almost prefer this sort of storytelling when when you're not beholden to that bigger story, you're not as limited. And you're not forced to do things a certain way, and connect with so and so, and and during this time period, this has to be going on, and it's just like, just have, a, just tell a story, tell us an interesting story that, that people might enjoy on its own merits. I will, and I will say to that, your point, you they they do that for the most part.
0: You know my, you know the, where I, and and, and I please, I'm not being a gatekeeper, I'm not being anything like that, but I mean we have been trained since 1977 or 1980 when they started episode 4 episode 5 episode 6 episode 1 episode 2 episode 3 and this is canon that's not canon whether we can agree or to disagree about all that but they've trained us to everything has has connected and now we have something that doesn't and, and again, I, and again, I, I'm not, I, so I, I come back to, I wonder, I wonder why was it, was it to feature the, um, animation styles? Was it, is, is, so is this, are these more about anime in, you know, in and of itself rather than Star Wars? is it equal amounts of both? You know, I don't, I guess I don't know if we've ever gotten an answer as to why they, why that is it is, was it to appeal to get, get more people into Disney plus? I don't know. Fredo wants to say something.
1: No, I was going to say, I think in some way, part of the, the ability, I mean, I think the idea behind it, there's always been a kind of marriage between Star Wars and manga slash anime. I mean, you don't have to go really far, anime, in all its forms, because they both draw from the same uh, wellsprings of of influence. I mean, Star Wars is heavily influenced by Japanese culture and by its art and its filmmaking, you know, from Akira Kurosawa through all the way to modern movies. So uh, the idea that they would go back and try to bring that even closer together by making season one of Visions Always made sense. And the opportunity to do so was there. It was great. Everybody enjoyed it. I think with season two, they're trying to expand that idea by not limiting themselves to just exclusively Japanese anime studios by making it, hey, Aardman, who you're famous for Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run, you make a Star Wars movie. This studio from South America, you make a Star Wars uh, story. I do agree with Dave. Kind of the problem that you do find is that everybody naturally wants to have the Jedi V or the good guy versus bad guy, likes every tooling. And you're like, but you can tell other stories. That that's the beauty that this medium gives you. You're not tethered to this much latch on, this must connect with season one of Ahsoka or must connect with season three of the Mandalorian. No. You can tell a story anywhere along the breadth of the of the saga. You can tell as big a story or as small a story as you want to tell, and that gives you a little bit of freedom and opportunity. And whenever that's presented, and you don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes you get great, you know, great short stories. It's it's almost like you know, like that we're talking about the from a certain point of view book. You know, you're getting a little vignette, a little a little just, morsel of something.
0: That was just. But that's it. My po- that that's was just going to be my point. Is that. And I agree, I agree with you that I think it's great mm-hmm. that we get these, you know, different stories, but what I like about the certain point of view books is that it puts me, you know, automatically mm-hmm. in a, a place that, you know, is familiar, but then mm-hmm. we're going to tell a totally different story about this character that was sitting at the bar in, ta- in you know, in Mos Eisley that you, you mm-hmm. if you blink, you miss, you know, that you didn't even know their name we're going to tell that story, but I know. So, and so that story then fits in with the overall star Wars story, you know, it's, I don't know. And, 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 a lot of the, this is half of me being truthful and half of me being devil's advocate here. Um, but I really did wonder, you know, what, like I said, what the, the, the why, um, but uh, the, what
2: the why is more real world. Um, it's let's be inclusive let's invite different voices here tell different kinds of stories and in the process maybe identify some talent that we can mine later on um, for storytelling purposes and um, you know like kind of a tryout or an an internship if you will Um, it's it's a way of again cultivating talent and I, I fully agree with that from, from like a business perspective, they should totally be doing this. They should be doing more of this. They should be inviting, um, more guest directors onto their television shows. Um, and, and just identifying these, these younger talents that, that may not have gotten a shot otherwise, um, to, to play in this universe. And so like hundred percent agree with it in concept and scope. Um, I just think like, eh, you know, you give people the, the license to kind of do whatever they want and they all sort of gravitate towards the same idea. And he's like, okay, so how creative are you actually being here. Um, and that, like, again, that would be my only real. Okay. Cre- Makes you wonder how, what kind of parameters were put on them? Well, I'm, I'm sure they were told not to touch any of the existing characters and shows that they're currently working on like stay away from these people these are no go zones um, but beyond that I don't know maybe they were told let's play with the force that's what we want to see I don't know
0: it, 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 I guess you know I, I think these would actually it's kind of like it's kind of like the Pixar shorts that they put in front of you know the Pixar movies It's like, imagine if before your new Star Wars movie, you had a 15 minute, you know, short like this, you know, um, I'd love it. That'd be, that'd be kind of an interesting, I mean, so it just, yeah, it's just, uh, like I said, I I think they're, 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 they're beautiful. They're good stories. Um, it's nothing that I'm going to run out and like rewatch season two or season one it's like you know you okay i read that book putting it on the shelf probably not going to reread it again um but that doesn't make it bad you know
1: and i think that and i think that's part of the dynamic is it doesn't necessarily need to be the end all be all that that, that's part of the you know what's one of the things we're discussing in our chat just simply there's different one of the beauties that you have with a property like star wars is you're gonna have the ability to tell multiple stories across multiple media. So, you can, there's some people who will only ever watch the movies, care nothing for the TV shows. There's some people who care, watch the movies, TV shows, will never read a book. So, when the Acolyte comes next year, they'll be catching up on everything that's the High Republic because they yeah. haven't read a High Republic book. You know, there's the video games, which again, people will never play the video games. And so, you mentioned Cal Castas, they have no idea what I'm talking about that's part of that the was, beauty is that you can adapt it to whichever way you want to consume it.
0: Well, it's the beauty and it's the, also the, the frustration because, you know, we we're talking mm-hmm. about this today. It's um, uh, it's, we're getting to the point where there's too much that I, you know, I told you guys in the chat, I was like, the only way that I'm going to be able to, to consume it all is if mm-hmm. I quit my job and run a YouTube channel, you know, where I review everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I become, you know, I've, I've read a couple Dr. Afra comics mm-hmm. you know I I watch things so I know who that character is and I know I don't know the entire story but if, if she was to come into you know a series or you know a movie or something I wouldn't be totally thrown off you know Cal mm-hmm. Kestis is different because now we got two you know games with him with the visions my point is that You know, name a character from one of these episodes. Right. You know, it's that—that's the thing. Is that it's? So I'm. I'm just. Yeah, and I guess
1: the other the other question that I was going to bring up is: is there two? Is Star Wars kind of cannibalizing itself because you have Visions and you have Tales of the Jedi, and both animated short length format stories, one giving you whole new characters, different art styles, and one giving you characters that you know and love in an art style people are comfortable with. So is it a way, is, is, is this a dynamic where maybe by accident Disney created two competing shows that should be competing? Because if you give the people, okay, go watch the eight episodes or nine episodes from different studios that will never connect, or well, hey, come watch this story about Ahsoka and this story about Katuku that looks like the shows that you love, People are going to gravitate to that a lot easier.
0: And why Why not marry the two? Why not, you know, take the Tale of the Jedi's stories
1: mm-hmm.
0: and feature the animation styles, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: That, I mean, so, anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was, it was fine.
2: something stories were affecting and I don't want to like kind of undersell that i know that like oh I'm not really uh, attached to some of these characters and etc but um there was one um there was one in particular the the one about the slaves in the pit um mm-hmm. that was like that was that was some dark stuff um and uh heady stuff it really made me think um and and so like there's there's a lot there that that's worthwhile i think and like you said like maybe some of it you you won't go back to but i think uh i, I think it's definitely worth a watch for for most people
1: yeah just thinking about the ones that kind of i mean I, I enjoyed the one again uh the one with wedge because that's artman style and again i am a sucker for wallace and Gromit, chicken run i love them They're you Know so, just the idea of having uh, Wedge and Tilly's story about that was cool, and then there was the one about the uh, the dancers, the one yeah, that they're running yeah. this spy network. Yeah, spy network at this dance club that all the stormtroopers connect, and somehow, some way, the, the, the head spy discovers that her son's alive and it's an imperial. So,
2: not Nazi the occupied France, very, very overt.
1: Yeah, so I love it when Star Wars gets the opportunity to take something that's real life and put it into its own universe in its own twisted way so that you're able to see it from a different point of view to kind of go back to that idea. But it's uh, I find that those are the stories that connect more with me because they're not the grand story. We know what the grand story is. They're about the people who live within this galaxy and have to deal with making the decision to be a hero or to run away to be noble or to, uh, or to, uh, choose the the quick and easy path that blocks, you
0: know? Well, because Dave's siren just went off, we still need to talk about guardians. So, Mm -hmm. um, table this conversation, we'll go on to guardians three. Um, and I'm gonna let Dave kick this one off because you do have a comic book rating
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and I want you to, I want you to start off by, have you put this into your, uh, overall no list. no
2: not yet uh i really had to sort of sit with this one um i it's... will i will
0: say this i said i was gonna let you no. start but i have to do say the fact that rocket's first words were word was hurts good lord i just i mean about a sobbing mess in the mm-hmm. back of the theater anyway go ahead
2: yeah no there were a lot of scenes like that it was, it was um a difficult watch um our, our kids were with us Um, we took all warnings into consideration and decided, well, we're gonna, we're gonna go with this. And, um, there were certain scenes that just were very difficult and I I don't necessarily want to get into too, too many spoilers, but some of this stuff involved animal abuse. Um, and I think
0: animal testing, Britt said, if there's, this is the best advertisement for anti-animal testing.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you could, you could, you could definitely say that. Um, and I think, like, within the context of the story, it was very successful in in terms of like trying to convey um, wh- who Rocket is, where he comes from, and uh, and moreover, like how evil the uh, the antagonist is in this particular story. Um, you hate his guts. Yeah, big time. <laughs> and, no. Um, and that's that's good. That's good st- storytelling to me. And I like again, like you, you got these, you got all the guardian stuff that you want. You know, we can go over all of that. But then by the end of the story, all of these characters have either grown or moved into a different phase of their lives. And I really appreciated and that too.
0: To that point, I want I want to bring up the the thing about Gamora in this because it's. You know, it's 2014 Gamora. It's not the one that, you know, Peter was in love with. And part of me was frustrated because it was like they kept saying, I know you don't remember. It's like she's not it, – it's not that she doesn't remember. It's like you guys – that was just, you know, from the back of the theater. I was just getting frustrated with that. But I like how the new Gamora, you saw growth and an arc – of her own Mm -hmm. within this movie, they could have very easily just, you know, made something magically happen that she remembered, you know, and was back in love with, with Peter. Um, you could have just kept her just a, a, mean, you know, just a, just, just a grumpy old person the whole, the whole time. Um, but they gave her room to grow. Um, and seeing how the rest of the guardians there's one i remember like they're all hugging each other and she was on the outside and then walks away you know she recognized that she wasn't part of that family but that's what she wanted and you know like i said not to get too spoilery but she finds that with you know you know with her with the ravagers but you know um so i I thought that was really kind of cool how they handled gamora in this and it was refreshing too because it was like you know it was just a refreshing take on that
1: well I the, the element in the room is that the Gambora that everybody had seen in Guardians 1 and 2 had been sacrificed by Phantoms so by the Russo what? brothers <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't by the Russo from brothers, what I understand
0: but... I don't think that uh, was it Gunn I don't think he had any no, say no, was... or, or didn't know that was going to happen so
1: no probably not because but then again that's part of parcel of when you're making infinity war and uh Thanos is the big bad villain who are the who's the only person who's going to be able to sacrifice to get that soul stone those parameters I, I love the way that they did it. i enjoyed the movie tremendous amount yeah if you are somebody who's squeamish about animals getting treated poorly this is going to be a this is a rough watch and they don't shy away from it they don't shy away from the. Cavalier, careless nature of the high evolutionary of what he's doing. Even when you get the the reveals down the line of what he's been up to, what his plan is. It's I love the fact that that Peter just checks him on the on his uh, on his nonsense. It's like, no, you don't want to make a world that's perfect. You just want to you hate yourself, and you want the world to to re- re- reflect all that. Uh, I love the way that that you know the characters that were around Rocket at the start. They were just, again, they're adorable. You want to take them home. And uh, yeah, I I love that they keep coming back because Guardians, much like many of the other Marvel movies, hinges on the idea of family, of building a family. I know that Fast and the Furious 10 is coming out and that's also all about family, but different family here. Uh, So that element that, yes, they lost a family member in Gamora. The Gamora they have, it's not the same person. Yeah, she may sound the same and talk the same, but definitely it's not the same person. And so that in order for that, that even though they're feeling not really connected, that they're not who they used to be, they're finding a way to be who they want to be. And so I love that. I, love, I think then nailed it. So, so
0: Dave, I want to go to, I want to go to you on this one mm-hmm. because uh, I think it was either screen crush or um, new rock stars, but they're actually, I, I know you haven't figured out where this movie fits in your mm-hmm. overall ranking, but what about the Marvel trilogies? And I think Fredo mentioned this. You have no. the Thor trilogy. You have the Iron Man trilogy. You have the Captain American trilogy. And you have the Guardians trilogy. Um, how would you rate those trilogies? And I will say that actually, for me, first of all, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, at the time was one of my least favorite Marvel movies. And I will say I think this is my favorite marvel trilogy because seeing how they ended it and tied it and how three tied into everything in two and one um it made for a satisfying story but anyway that's just me
2: i also needed to ask you did you did you like the holiday special
0: i did yeah yeah
2: yeah i I really enjoyed that um this is my favorite uh guardians of the galaxy is my favorite marvel movie period um and and so the second movie and the third movie have a a high bar to reach uh and and they, i don't think either of them quite have reached it i think i can safely say that but with within as you said an overall story arc this is the best trilogy to me bar none um captain america's very high quality series those are three excellent movies. And then the third movie the little avengers uh, avengers e, you know, it's well, it, and those you know, those
0: three movies, yeah, they they don't seem to connect.
2: They sort of do, but like it's yeah. tenuous. The bucky stuff is a is a constant through line um but like by the time you get to the end of the third movie you forget where you started. Right. Um, and you don't forget where you started when you get to the end of the Guardians. Um, It's like, gosh, you know, you're, you're, you're have, you you get tears rolling down your face because this it's, didn't it's like,
0: have the typical Marvel cameos. Mm-hmm. You didn't have you didn't have Thor well, come in. You didn't you could have very well had Thor come in. You didn't have Thor come in. Um, you didn't you know, it was like I said, it was just them.
1: Yeah. All the cameos were all the, James Gunn's buddies, uh, like uh, Nathan yeah. Fillion, which is oh, hilarious.
2: He, he was great. Uh, I I mm. loved Adam Warlock and how they realized him oh. on screen. I mean, just like epically bad timing. Like no matter what, right? Like he always showed up at the exact worst possible time. Show him and we need business, the, and then he yeah, just totally. And then by the end of it, it's still it's just like he's not. They're not gonna throw him out. He's a reject, the same as as all of them. And they're not gonna say, like, to heck with you, you tried to kill us earlier. They're like, All right, come on in. You're you're part of the, you're part of this crew now too. And and I just thought that was so in keeping with their character. Um <laughs> and I'm like spoiling everything right now. So, so sorry, spoilers. Um, but like warlock is adam warlock is presented as like an antagonist and by the end of it he's part of the team which if you read the comics not so much of a spoiler um but what's hilarious
1: is yeah his character is completely different from the comic books in the comic books he's one of the most powerful characters for the infinity war he was the leader of the team facing thanos and here he is at best a himbo well there was a just somebody
0: There was a theory that, I mean, getting back to the Gamora thing, because apparently in the comics, you know, the gem in his forehead was like the soul gem. So, Mm -hmm. and then of course in the MCU, they kind of put that into vision as the soul stone, but there was wonder if that, that soul gem Mm -hmm. would be something that would then allow Gamora to come back as, you know, and again, I'm glad that they didn't do that. The
2: gag is that he's half baked, right? Like you took him out of the pod too soon, or whatever, you know. And so it's like, okay, there's a lot of there's reasoning behind him being the way that he is. I was
0: also glad, and again, spoiler spoiler alert, everybody. You know, we we need to put this on the episode (laughs) title. Uh, You know, everybody was going into this movie of who who's going to make it and who's not, and the fact that. Everybody made it, you know, and, but we're going to go our own ways and this, that, and the other. Um, This is, this is like, um, this is like the end of the Mandalorian season three, where it's like, they don't have to do another Guardians. Mm -hmm. You know, that the 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 bow is tight. The bow is wrapped around the present. We're all good. Everybody's in a good place. Don't need to do another one.
1: And I think that's a good way to leave. I mean, for you know, behind the scenes, if you know James Gunn is leaving Marvel, he's going to be the head honcho at DC, DC. Yeah. he's going to make a Superman movie, try to somehow resurrect the mess that Warner Brothers has made of their comic book lineup. So, this is a perfect neat ball for it to leave those characters. We already know that like Dave Bautista is retiring from drags. Uh, Guys like Vin Diesel and uh, Bradley Cooper can come back any day they want because it's a couple of days you now in a oh, sound recording booth and they can do Rocket and Groot. Uh, but the idea of we know that you know, you know Star Lord may will return at some point. But if they want to leave it off here, I it's think interesting it's. Interesting that the they perfect didn't to...
0: say Peter Quill though.
1: They said Star Lord. Well, they, the the they said the original.
0: They said the original Star Lord will return. well yeah. That's, but that's I think, interesting. You know, I, I think there is a mm, distinction mm, with a difference there. So
1: Could be. But also but I also think it's a good way to do it. Just giving the emotional half. This is a this is a trilogy that started as the one that everybody thought was going to sink Marvel. Because this is not even B characters. This is C and D characters. Yeah. Teamed up together. Nobody knows anything about them. Being made by a guy best known for making schlocky B movie horror stuff. And all of a sudden it becomes a gigantic hit because it's funny and it's got heart. And it's this is why I agree with Dave that this is probably my favorite trilogy out of everything Marvel's done. Because unlike some of the other ones, there's not been a dip in quality. From one to two to three, they've touched on every aspect of the characters that they've had. They've taken them on a journey. And the way that they finish off is just perfect for each one of these characters. If we never see them ever again, we know they're fine. And that's really what you want when you get a story like this. That's why you don't mind the quote unquote happy ending where everybody survives because it's earned. So
0: uh, a couple of things. Um, Mm -hmm. First of all, uh, again, Brittany mentioned this after when we're we're walking out of the theater, you know, Nebula, I think has Mm -hmm. had the greatest character arc through all of these movies, not just the guardians movies, Mm -hmm. but end game. Um, that character was really well developed. Um, the other thing I want to say, and I'll credit, this was uh, new rock stars that pointed this out. It was um, at the very end when Groot says, I love you guys. Mm-hmm. They said, they think at that and this, I don't know if you guys had thought about mm-hmm. thought of this or had read this or anything. So at that moment, it's like we as the audience are kind of in the other guardians' heads, where we finally now understand what Groot is saying. It's not that Groot just finally started speaking English. It was that, hey, you all now understand what what Groot's saying. You're part of our family as well. So that was kind. Of, there's so there's a lot of really neat things in this movie um, that were just really very well done, like that.
1: And the and the set pieces are fun. You know the action sequences whether they're trying to break in or get on board a ship like the whole shootout between with uh Peter and Groot against the high evolutionaries people how they get out of that they, they find a way to amp up all the attention and all the action but keep it in a way that's the, never uh difficult to follow nebula dealing with the
0: door handle was the best I think probably 30 seconds of the movie actually mm-hmm. <laughs> and Peter open the She's, door
2: <laughs> she is great though from beginning to end her yeah her her arc is is just fabulous um and um i think like peter finally getting out of that arrested development and just like i need to work on me and i need to like actually do that instead of just act like i might be doing that and act like a you know like the boy who got abducted like like how was him he got abducted at the beginning of the first movie he didn't develop from that point forward really uh emotionally so what criticisms? as a man until the end of this movie what criticisms
0: then... do you have of the of this you're you're very high on the movie both of you are mm-hmm. very high and and I I'm high on the, the movie as the well tone, but just what criticisms it's... do you do you have
2: I think I think like again, he nailed the characters. He nailed everything seems true to what you would expect from them. Um, He made them his own, and they're they're just treated with such love and care. And like that's all you can ask for. Like if if I gotta sit here and critique it, it's like again the tone is darker and tougher to watch. You can't just. Put it on on a Saturday afternoon, like kind of more of the other two act, movies. It's
0: kind of a more of a second act. You know, the second act is always darker and mm-hmm. yeah,
2: it's it's a harder watch. Um, it is. I know. Ne- you know, repeat viewings, it might become easier. Um, but again, it's not a breezy popcorn Saturday afternoon kind of movie. Um, I don't necessarily think that of that as being a critique ne- necessarily. It's just it's it just is what it is it's it's a different movie um yeah but for me but it works but it works
1: yeah for me if there was going to be any criticism maybe just be runtime it is two and a half hours and yeah you know don't get me wrong i loved all of it it's a lot of fun but i do think maybe that you know with a little bit of rewrite and maybe a little bit of editing it could have been 15 20 minutes uh which would have helped a lot with what you're saying regarding tone dave i think you know, we get the, at some point you go like, yes, the high evolutionary is probably one of the most evil characters we've met. We don't need to keep revising how evil he is. Because in some ways we know where this is going, so you don't need to hit us over the head with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think maybe the runtime will give my one big criticism because you trim about 15 minutes of this movie and it it would have been perfect. It's still, you lose nothing and it still would have been perfect. Although, you know, maybe you needed that for just the slow-mo reveal of Adam Warlock. As crazy uh, and used playing,
2: yeah. You know, you gotta again. You gotta hit that that uh, that point home repeatedly mm-hmm. too. He's gotta keep showing up and keep screwing things up for them. Um, uh, but I'm kind of with you. Like that was the one thing I thought. Like that was a long movie. Um, I would not trade any of the Nathan fill-in stuff. Mm. Like for like, I could... I, I got one of my own. Yeah. I would. I would never. I would never want that to go away but that's the most disposable part of the movie um yeah I mean I can't sit here and say like well I would have done it differently you know because I don't think i would have done it differently necessarily um so then, it's 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 long but it's it's worth it
0: so then okay so you said you haven't worked it into your this is what we'll end with mm-hmm. here um we're coming to the end of our time here tonight but um you said you haven't figured out exactly where it ranks but i'm guessing is it fair to assume this is going to be in your top third
2: yeah 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 it will be um because i'm like 150 movies deep so you put it in the top 50 oh, these are yeah.
0: comic book movies not just marvel movies so yeah yeah
2: good. um so yeah it, it's easily in the top third uh, among marvel movies probably the same thing um I don't know yet. Um, but gosh, it's good.
0: What's at the top of your list on Marvel?
2: I think Guardians 1. Guardians 1. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Winter Soldier is right up there, too.
0: Well, right on. Well, everybody, let us know what you think of Visions, by the way, and what you think of, uh, Guardians 3, if you've seen that. And, um, um and then we'll all wait and see if uh, the movie is actually called *Heir to the Empire*. So we need to we need to have a little thing of Aaron's predictions, and we can see where I got him right, and where I got him wrong. But um, otherwise, until that, we will say "Hootat, Hootat," and everybody have a great week. My country.